Happy Monday, Misketeers! This is Missing Out Mondays, where we tell you what we're into. Start your week off right! I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. This is such exuberance. Hell you got yeah. Such a, so you're having a bright Monday. I'm like the Garfield of this bitch. I hate Mondays. I'm John. I'm going nowhere. <laughs> I have a cat and a dog and a medial job. Oh boy. <laughs> no, um, man, I, I, I don't hate. I don't really hate Mondays. I don't mean it. When you, Monday, you know I love you. It's not true. He's. he's you, you guys are in an abusive relationship. <laughs> Uh, he only tells you that when he needs something. I, I keep trying to leave, <laughs> and I end up back in Monday's arms every time. It's true. Um, just when just... I think I'm far enough away from Monday, it's Monday again. Mm, damn. That's how weeks work. That's how it goes. <laughs> I, how just, it goes. I just discovered how the calendar works. <laughs> That's how it do. Oh, man. Um, so it is, as you guys know, we're in the midst of of october which is spooky scary month full of spooky scary things it's the hand waving and the tapping on your head that i really appreciate (laughs) um and so uh a while ago uh, i got into this podcast called the black tapes okay and so the premise is that um this guy uh it's a it's a radio play it is kind of the way it started out was it was in the style of serial so the even the the like theme song is serial esque, but then they've uh, they've grown over the course and kind of distanced themselves from that idea. But it's it's kind of in that realm where each week they were exploring a different black tape, and each tape has uh, essentially something that is paranormal related. Okay, and uh, so the main uh, the main character is doing kind of like a like a. NPR style slash vlog style um, presentation of this content. Okay. Um, and when it first started, um, the creators went very far to be like, this is real. This is just a thing that, you know, all this is, to, you know, Alex is real and all the stuff that she's looking at is real. Like this is just a radio show. Mm-hmm. Um, and that level of commitment, it really comes through in the show. And so like it is, I, I very I think the 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 very grounded telling of paranormal stuff is what makes it so unsettling is like it it really hits you in in small ways and they do a really good job of building up this story of at first it's a little episodic but there are little things that they start building up through the lore as she's exploring these tapes. She starts to kind of find connections between different paranormal events. And then they start kind of going back, pointing back towards the guy that she's working with, who is supposedly this guy who's like a lead paranormal researcher who doesn't believe in any of it. And so he has a million dollar, um, like reward for anyone who can bring him definitive proof that paranormal things exist. Okay. Um, so that's the premise. And it, uh, I think that it does a really good job of like telling both, uh, known lore and creating its own. Okay. Um, and it does a really good job of like the sound design is amazing. Uh, I think at the, the first season, uh, in terms of the acting is a little rougher and, and that like I think it was their first venture um, but like it really like the the main girl really sells it and I think that that is the biggest thing that'll keep you going through and she uh, does a great job of 
really diving into the psyche of her own character in that like you there's a certain point i want to say it's in the first or second season where she starts doing these like journals because her character can't sleep and i think those are really well done okay yeah um so i i highly recommend it they are i believe They've gone through three seasons and they have two spinoffs. One is called Tannis and the other one is called Rabbits. Um, so this one is paranormal. Tannis is a little bit more like Lovecraftian. Okay. Um, and Rabbits I haven't had a chance to get into yet. But uh, I think if you're really into paranormal activity and you love like radio play, not even radio play, but like um, grounded fantasy paranormal activity um in a podcast format this is the best thing for you all right yeah um what about you what are you into uh well i like a lot of people over the weekend checked out el camino a breaking bad movie on netflix uh were you a breaking bad person while show was on um i I was when it started and then when i moved to la i fell off and then i caught up um, right before the finale. Okay, so I, and this is not a controversial opinion, I feel it's easily one of the best shows television has ever produced. Mm-hmm. I didn't doubt for a second that they'd be able to pull off something really commendable with the movie, especially in a world where they announced that they're doing a, a Better Call Saul series, a prequel about the lawyer, and as much as I like Bob Odenkirk, it's like, all right, well, it's a, how many good prequels are there? And how are they going to make like this story so interesting when we know the world that exists just on the periphery and stuff? Yeah. Cut to Better Call Saul is easily one of the best things on television right now. Mm -hmm. So I had no, no doubt whatsoever that they were going to be able to craft something worthy of uh, what is now a, a franchise, I suppose. And they didn't i mean they didn't let me down i really 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 dug it it's uh it it doesn't feel like a sequel to the show it feels very much like an epilogue picking up uh, just moments after the show ended with uh jesse speeding away after being uh, uh rescued from captivity yeah and it's all about how jesse pinkman gets from that moment to hopefully whatever the rest of his life is going to look like um and First of all, Aaron Paul is is it's like a masterclass in performance in mm-hmm. this movie. I mean, he was great on the show, but this is next level. Um, he's he needs he this dude needs a big like big 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 movie franchise of his own or something. Um, I give him give him an award some something give him something man because like he's <laughs> it was honestly like I I hesitate to use the word but somewhat revelatory. Like I knew the dude could act. Yeah, but this is—he's operating at a at a level that I've never seen him operate on before, and that that's good because he has to carry the entire movie. Right. Um, something else that I think is really fantastic about the movie is the aesthetic. Now, Netflix just recently started doing 4K Ultra HD streaming. Okay. This movie looks incredible. It doesn't. I was wondering because the the show uh, Breaking Bad was one of the more cinematic shows that you're ever going to see. I was wondering, okay, is it is it gonna is it going to look like the show, which would be completely fine? It doesn't. Re- I mean, it does certainly the, the same aesthetic sensibility, but it looks like a movie. It feels like a movie, and it looks. If you have a 4K ready television, I cannot encourage you enough to spend the extra two three bucks a month just for this 
fucking movie. Just so you can watch this movie on repeat on a, on a display like that because it looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I guess the other thing that I want to uh, hit really quick, and uh, it would be a spoiler, but of course everybody is now talking about it. Uh, the late Robert Forrester does appear uh, in the film as his character, the disappearer from the last couple episodes of Breaking Bad for a, a, just a wonderful scene in uh, the middle of the movie. And it's really nice to see him. He's uh, He just passed away. He passed away the day actually it, it premiered. Um, and he, by all accounts, was one of the nicest men you're ever going to meet. And he was very much one of my favorite actors. Um, you know Robert Forrester. We talked about Jackie Brown on this show. Right. Um, and he's one of the leads in that. And that's uh, Quentin Tarantino cast him because uh, he was obviously he was a fan of, of a lot of his older work. And that gave him a big second act in his career. Yeah. And since then, he's appeared all over the place. But, uh, you know, for me personally, like I absolutely loved him in Twin Peaks, uh, the third season of Twin Peaks. He was originally cast to play Sheriff Truman on the original series. And that ended up not working out. So he comes back once uh, Michael Onkeen, the actor who played uh, Sheriff Truman on the series I guess decided to commit to retirement they needed a sheriff character they brought back Robert Forrester and I was talking to uh my after Robert Forrester had passed uh, and I was super bummed out about it I was talking to my girlfriend who I'd shown Twin Peaks to and she was talking but we were talking about the kind of presence the sort of fatherly very calming warm presence that Robert Forrester always brought to every one of his roles Mm -hmm. and she said uh you know uh to that point when he shows up on Twin Peaks it very much felt like, oh, I'm like, I'm so glad to see him on this again. He hadn't been on it before. It's just, it was so immediately familiar and so immediately comforting that it felt like he's always been here. Right. And he, to, to me, he brought that to every role. And he's one of those actors who, there are plenty of actors who I really like. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, it's cool to see this person in this. Very few actors who, in my opinion, when they when they show up in something, they immediately elevate the entirety of the project just by being in it. And Robert Forrester, for me, was one of those guys. When he showed up in El Camino, because I guess I figured there was a chance they could bring him back. When he showed up, I'm literally sitting there watching it alone at like 2 a.m. in my apartment. I literally start fist pumping. Because, <laughs> But I was genuinely excited. Just yeah. like I was genuinely excited to see that dude uh, in everything. And then, of course, I... I wake up the next day and, and at some point over the course of my day I, I get the news that he had, he had passed and that really severely severely bummed me out yeah so R.I.P. Robert Forrester he's absolutely wonderful in El Camino which I think is an absolutely wonderful movie I think it is very 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 worthy of the series that it is following up and and it's it feels quiet it feels small it feels like an epilogue but it brings closure to to Jesse's story in a very nice way, I think. And yeah. it's absolutely worth checking out. I have no idea what it would play like if you don't know Breaking Bad, but I, it's not designed that way, you know? Right. Well, how much, like, I guess that was going to be my question is, how recently ha- should I have seen the last season to really appreciate it? I feel like your mileage may vary. I made it a point to go back and watch the last, I think the last four episodes of Breaking Bad about a week ago. Okay. So I, but I've also seen the entirety of Breaking Bad several times. Like, I feel like I would have been fine, but I, I kind of wanted to build a, build a little bit of hype. Normally I try and avoid hype cause I don't want to set unrealistic expectations, uh-huh. but I was like, it's fucking Vince Gilligan. This shit's going to be good. So I wanted to get myself sort of in the, in the mindset. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I, how, I mean, how well do you think you remember the events of the finale? 
I would have to watch at least the last two episodes. Like I remember, uh, you know, the big shoot out is all I'll say is because right. maybe someone hasn't seen it. Um, so I remember that and how it ends for um, Walter. Yes, I, I would say I would encourage you maybe to do what I did, which is watch. I said the last four and I mostly went with four because I wanted to rewatch Ozymandias. Which, in my opinion, is one, this is not a controversial opinion either. One of the best episodes of television ever produced. That's the the third to last episode, and it's the last episode that Ryan Johnson directed for the series. Right. But I wanted to go back one before that because the episode prior to that, which is called Tahajali, very much sets up Ozymandias. So mm. I started there, and then I watched the last four through the end. I just watched them basically in one sitting. All right. Because they... Those episodes, like, I forgot how crazily, crazily, sure, yep, how crazily it. well-paced these episodes are. Yeah. Um, so it flies by. But I would say if you if you want to go back and revisit, my recommendation would be, well, my plan A would be watch the whole fucking thing again. No. But, but uh, barring that, I would say if you just want a refresher, I'd say the last four. I personally am very excited for when uh, Better Call Saul eventually ends and I can start that from the beginning, watch the whole thing, jump right into Breaking Bad, watch the whole thing and then right. watch El Camino again. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds doable, feasible, one might say. Um so yeah. What about you guys at home? What what, what are you into? Did you watch El Camino? Have you listened to the black tapes? Or maybe you're more of a Tannis person. What's rabbits about? All these questions. Please answer them. Um, you can do so at Missing Outcast. M-I-S-S-I-N-G-O-U-T-C-A-S-T on Twitter. We also have an Instagram, but we haven't posted there in a while. So We're going to get our shit together. I don't know. Maybe. We're gonna, we might, we Inst- might get our shit together. Yeah, we're, we're more Twitter people. Instagram, who needs it? I dislike all of it pretty equally. I've, I'm sure. So, um, anyway, uh, but if you're looking to hit us up on our personal social media, Lex, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Lex Michael. And you can find me at Tari J T A U R I J A Y. Don't you join us tomorrow when we are going to be talking about the first two in the Firefly family trilogy. House of a Thousand Corpses and the Devil's Rejects. So uh, join us. It'll be really fun. We're going to be talking about both of those movies. So it's going to be a double feature. Um, And uh, this will probably be one of the first ones where Lex and I have very different opinions. Is it? I feel like that's happened before. Only when I make you watch anime and you're like, I hate this. And I'm like, true. Well, I don't say that. You mean it, though. I don't. I can feel it. I don't. Something cannot be for me without without it instilling hatred. <laughs> uh-huh. Every time you talk about it, you're like, knuckles get white and you're just, you have a bald fist. Um, <laughs> I, this is my third table. Every time I make you talk about anime, you break my table in half. That's true. You've gone through a lot of tables. Yeah. Uh, and then you're like, you really owe me a new table. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we're even now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so uh, make sure to join us tomorrow the, the, uh, for our sweet, sweet spooking out pick. Um, anyway, until then, have a wonderful Monday.
I got nothing. Okay. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your face and, and you're giving me that look like this is where you jump in and you tag up and say something stupid. I got, I got nothing yeah. today. <laughs> Come on, boy. I'm thinking Come. about all those tables I owe you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can just pay for it under the table. But there's no table. Uh, the whole the premise is predicated on the lack of a table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done.